Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the FizzCast. Tim Leonard alongside J.D. Rachi here, breaking down a little bit of Syracuse basketball coming off that loss over Georgia Tech on Wednesday night. And, J.D., just really not a pretty game of basketball to watch. I think not pretty may be the understatement of (laughs) the absolute century. That was one of the ugliest basketball games I have ever seen in my entire life. And I watched the Pittsburgh game the game before on Saturday, and I thought that was ugly. And then they go down to McCamish Pavilion in Atlanta, shoot 30% from the field. Georgia Tech only shoots 33% from the field. There are turnovers all over the place, just an absolute disgraceful show of Division I college basketball against Georgia Tech. Yeah, it's getting pretty tough to watch these Syracuse games night in and night out. And you know, a week ago on Wednesday against Boston College, they have a little bit of a breakout, you could say, they offensively. Yeah, they looked awesome. They looked like they couldn't miss a shot. They looked like it looked like there was rhythm. It looked like their shooting percentage were, were, percentages were going to go up. And then even in that Pittsburgh game, you saw Barama Sidibe emerge as an offensive right. threat. All of that regressed. I don't know if you want to call it to the mean or to the minimum. It just completely regressed. Nobody could hit a shot. Ty Spaddle led the team with 19 points, but did you see his shooting numbers per chance? They were not good. Four of <laughs> 17 from the field. Four of 17. Yeah. That fifth, is atrocious. I'm pretty sure they made 15 total field goals in the entire game, and like you said, it, it was nothing compared to that BC game. Obviously, there's been some unforeseen circumstances when you look at the injuries. First, Matt Moyer turning his ankle And then most recently, Howard Washington, who we now know is unfortunately out for the year for Syracuse. We'll get into that a little bit and what that means. But without those guys in the lineup, they're restricted to just six guys. Sidibe, we know he's a good player when he's healthy, but as we saw against Pittsburgh, but then he had to come back and kind of on short rest for him go against Georgia Tech and just didn't look like he had his knees at 100% last night. This whole week is going to be a, a struggle for Syracuse. You had Pittsburgh Saturday. Then you had Georgia Tech on Wednesday. Then you're going to have Virginia on Saturday. And then you got another game on Monday. That's a brutal stretch for a team that is really, really beat up right now. You mentioned Matt Moyer. He, you know, Jerry McNamara in an interview said if you saw his ankle when he came down against Boston College, you would have needed an airplane bag. Yep. Because you would have just vomited everywhere because it was so big. Yeah. And, and then you got Barama Sidibe, the guy can barely jump as it is started to get some of that leaping ability back and then like you said short rest those knees aren't going to be good to go with two three days in between games this is a brutal stretch for any team especially if they're healthy but especially because Syracuse is not that makes it so much more difficult to deal with yeah you've got Virginia coming up on Saturday and we know Syracuse is a completely different team inside the Carrier Dome They've had some success against Virginia. Really, when you look at the ACC, they've been Virginia's been a team that Syracuse has played pretty well against compared to the other top dogs in the ACC. And even last year, getting that W in upset fashion for Bayheim's kind of 1,000th win will we'll bring call, back some We'll call memories. it his 1,000th loss handed to an opponent. Yes, that's the correct way of putting it. But 
I, I don't know about you. I think they give Virginia kind of a fight in that game just because what we saw when they played at Virginia, holding them, I think it was a seven-point game there. They got to 61 points, which surprised me given what we've seen from this offense. The highest scoring total by any ACC team against Virginia this season. Wow. I'm yeah. fairly fairly sure about that. So the offense looked good in that game, but I just I just don't know about this game, man. I really just don't know. How Syracuse can come back from shooting 30% from the field. Not 30% from beyond the three-point arc. <laughs> 30% from the field. I mean, that is just that's ludicrous. It's been that's bad so this year, bad. But, but this is rock bottom. So, no so way bad. It could get there were a couple there were a couple times where Tyus Battle went to the lane and missed layups through some contact that maybe you could say there should have been some foul calls, but still. You have got to knock down shots. That is the name of the game. You are yeah. trying to put the ball in the hoop, and that just did not happen at a high enough rate against Georgia Tech. And with the stifling defense, a defense that only allowed 36 points to Clemson in an entire 40-minute game, it is going to be. It's very difficult for me to see Syracuse after the performance it put together against Georgia Tech, coming back and putting together a competent enough offensive performance with the amount of injuries and the amount of the lack of offensive talent. This right, team that's has. what it is. It's just a lack of talent at this point. Because, I mean, let's face it, they were predicted by most most major polls to be twelfth in the ACC going into the season. Then you lose Torian Thompson. Then you lose Geno Thorpe. Now you've got a banged-up Matt Moyer. Now you've got no Howard Washington for the rest of the year. There's not a lot of talent to go around. We know Frank Howard and Tyus Battle have to give you 20 points each night, or else you're probably, frankly, not getting over 60 points in a game. And each of those guys are going to play 40 minutes a game the rest of the season. Yeah, unless Braden, Unless Braden Bayer starts coming off the bench, which I don't see. Like, it, we went to the orange and white scrimmage. He looked pretty good yeah decent Bayheim did say he expects to give him a chance in the rotation but like this late, is a which... guy that walked on off of a community college team and he didn't even put that up put up that many points on his community college like, team it's just it's just this is this is the team that we've seen Syracuse devolve into yeah is that Braden Bayer is your first guard off the bench Braden Bayer is your second player off the bench that's the team that this Syracuse team is turned into and you know I'll give Braden Bayer the benefit of the doubt until I see him actually play we saw him play at the end of the Florida State game when a couple of guys fouled out I'll give him the benefit of the doubt he could he could light the world on fire he could hit eight threes against Virginia and have the game of his life I don't see that happening but it's certainly possible so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt I'll give Jim Beheim's three guard lineup idea the benefit of the doubt but like it's just it's tough to to look at this team and be like, yeah, this team can put up sixty points a game because I think sixty is that threshold you you need to be getting yeah. to game in game out to win basketball games and I just don't know if Syracuse can do that. Right. I mean, their defense is as good as any team in the ACC besides Virginia, and you still have got to get to sixty points. You're not going to get it done if you're not getting to that mark. I agree completely. So you look at the rest of this schedule ahead of us. There's nine games left in ACC play. Obviously, you got to think they're on the outside of the bubble looking in at this point. Uh, looking in from a distance, I'd say, after that performance. Yeah. and Still no signature road win in the conference. Only one road win, and period, in Pittsburgh. the conference. Yeah. It was Pittsburgh, who is the worst team in 
a long time in the ACC. Yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh might not even win a single game this year. So you have no signature road win in the conference. You really, you, you have, really don't have a signature win at all. I mean, you have no quality you wins have, to this point. Maryland is decent. Maryland's getting of. better. Georgetown, throw that out the oh, window. Oh, Georgetown's awful. Buffalo, Buffalo is an okay win, yep. but it's a MAC team. You got yeah, slaughtered you, by Kansas. Uh, the Virginia Tech win is pretty good. That yep. home win on New Year's Eve. It was a pretty resounding win. They played excellent defense against a very good offensive team. So I'd say Virginia Tech, Buffalo, Maryland, those are your three best wins bar none. And those kind of wins just do not get you into the tournament with the kind of record right. that Syracuse has. The three teams you just named, I'd say Maryland makes the tournament. Virginia Tech's on the bubble too. There they, right now I think a lot of people have them as like the last four in or the first four in right. or whatever it is. So, so we, we just named three teams. Buffalo probably will be a tournament team. I expect them to win their conference. They'll be probably going right up against Toledo till the end in that conference, but – it's sad when we're saying one of the best three wins for a Syracuse basketball team this season is a win at home, barely, over a mid-American team. I know Buffalo's good. I know Billy Hurley built that program up, but that's still really sad when you look at it. They just need to get quality wins. They've got to take advantage of this Virginia game maybe as a chance. I know we say it's pretty unlikely, but you've got a chance against UNC at home. They're not the team They're we thought they were. They're right now. They're reeling. Uh they just lost to Clemson 3 in a row. You know, the they're 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 really struggling right now, so maybe you catch them by surprise in the Carrier Dome and, and get a good win. I don't see them beating Duke. I think Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter Jr. are going to eat the Syracuse zone alive. I don't see, you know, NC State's pretty good. They're probably going to make the tournament as as we stand right now, so that's a tough matchup even let's in just, the Dome. Let's run through the schedule real quick. Virginia, we'll just mark that as a loss. It could be a closer game than many are I expecting. I mean, they've lost one game all season. Yeah. They're an incredible basketball They're team. They're undefeated in ACC play. That's going to be a loss, I'd say. Then, quick turnaround Monday night at Louisville, who I think is the most underrated team in the conference. Maybe they're not even underrated probably a, anymore. Probably a loss. David Padgett is doing wonderful things yep. with that program. I mean, they gave Virginia a fight the other night, and right now they're second in the ACC standing, so they've really picked it up in the second half of the season. Probably a loss, especially on the road. Then you're at home against Wake Forest, and then at home against NC State. Back-to-back. Back. At that point, must those two wins. must wins. Must wins. At this point, because of the way you've played and the fact that you're under 500 at 4-5 and five in the conference right now, you have got to win those games yep. if you're Syracuse. I mean, Georgia Tech, you could argue, was a must-win. I, would I say, think it was a must-win. I, I really do. I'd say it wasn't just because as we're going through the schedule, you, there's still time left. There's still nine ACC games plus the tournament. I know it was a great opportunity to pick up a road win, but when we get to Wake Forest and NC State, no matter what happens against Virginia and Louisville, even if you know by a miracle they win one or even two of those games, they still have to execute to stay inside the tournament bubble or to even put themselves from outside to inside there. They've got to execute and win those two games. Then you go at Miami. Miami's a pretty good team on the road. Similar to that Florida State game, you might be able to get lucky and, and give up a fight there. But can but... Syracuse play can Syracuse play a quality road game? I just don't know if that's that's something that this team is built to do. Yeah. They just look like a completely different team when they leave the dome. Yeah. And I think it's I don't know if it's just the dome is such an advantage because we've seen this now three or four years in a row where they're just not winning outside of the Dome. That's why they didn't get in the tournament last year. 2-11 and outside of the Carrier Dome last year, and 
The two wins were frankly pretty lucky when you look at a Clemson buzzer beater. And, and NC State, you needed to make a wild shot to send yeah, it to OT. You needed yeah. John Gillen to have the game of his life. So so then after those two games, which we're calling must-wins, they go to Miami on February 17th. That's a winnable road game. I'm hesitant to say that, obviously, because it's Syracuse. but And they were a top-10 team at one point yeah, this season. Miami's Miami. a good team. They're a good Jim Laranieg is a great coach. Yeah, he is a great coach. And and Florida State is it kind of on that same skill level. They gave Florida State a fight. We know they went to double overtime with Florida State. That's a game looking back that is one you really wish you got because that would be their best win and their best road win. Really would help out their tournament resume. But Tyus Battle did not get the ball across half court twice. Twice <laughs> yeah. in one game. I know that. Twice in the overtime you. periods. Yeah, that's your leader. He's he got to do he better. He had 37 points, He's but there were some mental mistakes in that game that really hurt them. Anyway, Miami's a tough road game. Let's just wrap up. There's four more games after Miami. UNC at home, winnable. It's winnable. It would be. It's probably their biggest game left on their schedule because it's a good chance. You'd have to imagine UNC sliding. They might fall out of the top 25 this week, but they they might be in the top 25 when you play them. At least we know they're going to be at worst a five or a six seed. They're a great team. They've got a great program, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a chance to get a marquee win They've and got put it on your value. resume. They've yep. got name value is what you need. You know, kind of look at Florida State football might be a bad example because they were so, so, so bad. Yeah. But if if you a team like UNC or a team like Michigan State or a team like, you know, Wisconsin is having a down season – a win over them still has a little bit of name value. And the committee, as much as they want to say, oh, well, we look at strength of schedule and RPI and BPI <laughs> and all these kind of metrics and all that kind of stuff, they're still looking for wins over marquee brand name programs. And North Carolina is one of those. So that would be a huge win if Syracuse could pull it off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Miami might be a better team than UNC, but the UNC win might just weigh more at the end of the season because of that. So after UNC, quick turnaround, they go down to Tobacco Road, play Duke on February 24th. That's absolutely a loss. I think we can agree on that. I think they're going to get slaughtered. <laughs> Probably a slaughtered bloodbath. Slaughtered at yep. Cameron Indoor. So they lose that one, we assume. Now you've got two games left in ACC play in the regular season, and I think these fall in the same lines as Wake Forest and NC State. Really good opportunities to add wins, pick up some momentum late, and bolster your tournament resume. You've got a road game at BC. Already took care of business against BC at home. And that's a team, I think, that matches up pretty poorly against Syracuse. They don't have any size. And frankly, Syracuse just baited them into shooting their three-point shots. And when they're not knocking them down, that's really all BC has. So that that's a winnable game on the road. Yeah, it could be another way to pick up a road, road win. But, you know, I've heard some things from some people close to the Boston College uh, athletic program that Get that some was— sources. Got some sources, you know, <laughs> playing playing the game a little bit, but that they've said that that was the worst game that Boston College men's yeah. basketball has played all season was against Syracuse. So it's not like it's not like you can just be like, "Yep, that's a win." I mean, no, you can't do that with this team in not. any way. Uh, but especially against the Boston College team that with Kai Bowman and Jerome Robinson can get hot at any time and can really light up the score. Yeah, board. this is not the BC team of two to three years ago or of years past. And then your final game is on senior night at Clemson, or excuse me, home for Clemson. That's March 3rd to wrap up ACC play. Another chance to 
at a quality win to your resume. So there's quality wins out there, but frankly, they've got to start winning and winning in a hurry because, like we said, they just don't have any quality wins to this point. Yeah, I just don't, I just don't know about this Syracuse basketball team anymore. <laughs> I've tried to have faith all season. You know, they lose to St. Bonaventure at home in overtime. I say, okay, St. Bonnie, good team. You still Atlantic Ten, underrated. Right. X Y Z. But then this, I've seen, I've said it over the past couple of weeks. You know, they struggled at home against Pittsburgh in the early going. I said, hmm, this team might not be that good. And then I saw the performance against Pittsburgh on the road and against Georgia Tech on the road, and I said, wow, I do not see this team making the NCAA tournament. I'm going to stick to that. I don't think they – I don't want to say they don't sniff the NCAA tournament because anything's possible. We saw it happen last year with them picking up some big wins. Well, that's what's funny is I feel like this season is the opposite of last year. They started out so awful last year. And then it it really picked up in ACC play. They got all those great home wins and quality wins, et cetera. But this year, they actually start out pretty good in non-conference play, even with a young team, and now the wheels have just come off, as we know. Yeah, I just don't really see a way that Syracuse can get into the NCAA tournament at this point with the roster they have, with the fact that they're going to be playing six and a half guys, and that half guy is Braden Bayer. And because of the schedule they have left, they've still got UNC, they've still got Duke, they've still got Clemson, they've still got Miami. You know, those are all games that are going to be very difficult to win, not to mention the Virginia game on Saturday. So I, the road to the NCAA tournament for this Syracuse team is mired with potholes, and I just don't know if Syracuse is going to be able to get through it. I'd say if I had to pick right now, I'd say they won't get through it, and they're going to miss the NCAA tournament for the second straight yeah. season. I think Joe Lenardi has them out right now as of that loss to Georgia Tech, but we know Joe Lenardi has never once in his life picked Syracuse. He just right, he can so. pick everybody else. Joe Lenardi yep. is the foremost bracketologist on the planet, but he just does not know what to do with Syracuse. ESPN put out debate. an article. Yep. I th- was it by Lenardi? I it, think Lenardi yeah, he wrote, wrote the article. He's like, what am I supposed to do with Syracuse? <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> we don't question. know. The Syracuse team doesn't know. Jim Beheim doesn't know. This team is so confusing, so all over the place, and so frustrating to watch. Yeah. Now there's basically no margin of error, you said it, J.D., for Syracuse the rest of the way. So we'll monitor SU's tournament chances. You can catch all our content at orangefizz.net. Also on Twitter and SoundCloud at orangefizz. And hear podcasts just like this one under the iTunes Podcast Center at orangefizz. Thanks for listening. For J.D. Rachi, I'm Tim Leonard. We will see you next week.